Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Gina Riley. Gina is an HR professional, career transition coach, and executive search consultant. Gina holds a master's degree, is a certified UMAP coach, and an interview skills training expert. Riley frequently writes and speaks on career-related topics. You can find links to her popular series about networking called how Your Next Executive Role Finds You, and dozens of career-related articles on her consulting website, which we will give you right after the break. So I want to say welcome to the show, Gina. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. So excited to have this conversation. Well, we met through Innovation Women, which is a wonderful group of women headed up by Bobby Carlton out of the Boston area here near where I live. And so I'm excited that you're here and I'm excited to talk about how people's next executive role finds them. But before we go there, Gina, I would love to hear about a little bit about what got you involved in the HR world, in careers and career transitions. And as a consultant, were you like the little girl who would line up and consult with all of your stuffed animals? Or is it something that grew out of, you know, just a natural evolution? I do have a career thread and it didn't start as young as with stuffed animals, but it did start around age 16. So in high school, I was involved with student government. I went to leadership development programs and through those experiences developed a very keen and distinct draw towards that communication skill development and relationship skill development and became like a, a trainer as a, as a young person in my youth. And then I carried that into my college experiences as well. So I worked for a company called the Learning Forum. They had a program called Super Camp, which was a 10-day program for youth to come. And I was, you know, like a student advisor, counselor. And then I would take those learnings and I, I went and developed a couple of programs at Arizona State and did like little mini workshops based on all of that. So I've always had this drive to really help people elevate their communication so they're better understood. Mm, beautiful. I love it. And so have you always had your own business? Have you always been entrepreneurial or is that something that also emerged over time? <laughs> I never, ever thought I would be an entrepreneur. It never crossed my mind. I was big corporate. I worked for Intel for a decade. I went the HR path. You asked me about HR. I went that path because I I wanted to really be in front of the room doing training and development. And mm -hmm. so navigating that, you know, back in the early 90s, HR was not then what it has blossomed to now, mm -hmm. many years later. So I, I kind of saw my path as, you know, heading into training through that HR route. Mm -hmm. I did take a pretty sizable break to raise my two sons. 
And then when I re-entered, I worked for an executive search firm. I'm still affiliated with Talents Group. And really what came out of my experience is working with that team and interviewing executives and watching the mistakes that they would make through interview processes. I realized that there was really a place for me in the market to develop something that would help people at that level make that kind of leap that they needed to more effectively. Mm, Beautiful. Well, I love it when people come on the show who have found like they can see where they can create the bridge, where they can see where there's a, a, a gap in the marketplace and are then able to use their creative power to create the the gap filler. So excellent. I want to talk a little bit about this idea of you stayed home and raised your kids, which is awesome, and re-entering after the break, especially if you're helping executives, potentially some of our listeners might be in that position. So do you have any like magic dust for people who are re-entering, who are looking to, you know, not just start again at the bottom or make lateral moves, but really to re-enter at an appropriate place for their own personal timeline? It is a big challenge. I'm not going to lie. And, you know, as I work with people who are trying to re-enter, which is lesser of my client base, Mm -hmm. um, there's things that we strategically need to do. But if I'm going to thread it back to myself, Mm -hmm. it's keeping the kindling going with the relationships that you had in your former life. Truly, it's about who knows, likes, and trusts you, your brand that you developed before being at home and being a caregiver or some of those other things that come our way in life. So for me, the entree back was one of my former Intel colleagues who launched her own executive search firm, who believed in me and asked me to come and be a part of that. Not everyone has that really great segue, but I have worked with people that have gone right to the golden fairy dust, right? The magic dust, which is you've got to network, you've got to have informational conversations with people, and you need to do it with curiosity and not being so wrapped up in I'm talking with people to find a job. Right. Okay. So it's really more about beating the bushes, so to speak, conversationally, not to just cultivate and reawaken and or continue the relationships that you already had when you were in the in whatever industry you were in. Okay, great. So Gina, let's talk then a little bit about the careers that you are actually helping people to move through. Like are they in tech? Are they in agriculture? Are they in you know, solar, like where do you fit in the matrix of helping executives? Yeah, and the whole ecosystem. Right. Well, as a springboard from the executive search experience, we when we go to market over there on that side, we are helping companies find the right kind of leader for the organization. And it doesn't necessarily matter what industry it is. So I've led a couple of nonprofit searches for healthcare, for example, but w- you know, I've also done a CFO one for a winery and you know, we've got energy companies. So really the philosophy is if we know how to interview for skills and we're helping people get matched up with the leadership level roles, it doesn't matter about that deep technical expertise of the function. So if we flash over to the Gina Riley consulting part of what I do, I can help most people at the leadership level position themselves 
you know, and create the messaging that they need all the way from the storytelling to the resume development and so on, despite the fact I'm not, let's say, an engineering leader. I've had, you know, directors of engineering. I don't know anything about, (laughs) you know, actual engineering. It's the positioning. It's like Mm -hmm. how you communicate your, your top results and your impact so that you can, you know, shine and do your best best work in those interview scenarios. So I've worked with people, you know, in banking, financial services, energy, CPG. It, for the most part it doesn't matter. If I if I came across anyone that I felt like I couldn't help though, I would reach into my coaching ecosystem and I would find them someone better suited. Understood. Okay, great. So when you are when you saw this gap in the market, right? What were some of the things that you now help with in your consultancy that you were seeing these leaders were weak in or needed some polishing around? How much time do you have? Yeah, well, we have the whole interview, honey. (laughs) Although we will take a break in about a few more minutes. (laughs) Okay, that was just a little joke. So I saw many gaps and the starting point of the gap was the mindset that the resume was the quick fix. So the first people that came into my pipeline back, you know, five years ago, plus when I was creating this process and program is, can you help me with my resume? And what I really found is as I was trying to go in and tweak and fine tune resumes for people that they weren't able to speak to the resume that they had already developed. And sometimes if they even had a resume writer do it for them, they still couldn't speak to it right? So gap one is first understanding who you are, what your strengths, your skills, your values are, and how you show up in the world uniquely. So I use the UMAP. That's where that UMAP certification comes in. Then I'm helping develop the leadership approach. And then I'm helping fine tune the tell me about yourself narrative. And that is cherry picking the thread the career thread that wraps through a career, even if it's twisty and turny, there are gold nuggets that we can extract so that anybody can show up with confidence when they're asked, tell me about yourself. So gap one is the is being able to even talk about yourself quickly and succinctly so you can pivot into the other conversations you need to have. But then the other big gap is executive presence. Mm-hmm. So I inter- I have interviewed so many people and everything ranging from appearance, how people communicate and their gravitas can really make or break interviews. And probably the biggest one out of all the 17 different aspects of executive presence is reading the room, not being able to read the room, read the audience and really modulate the conversation and navigate those conversations so that you're being seen as trustworthy and authority and the person that can lead an organization. Yeah, beautiful. All right. So what I'm hearing there is, this may sound dated, but there was a time where you just gave in your resume and then you did, you know, there were obviously interviews, but it was more about what the skill sets were and less about what is now clear that industry is looking for, executive search firms are looking for. They're looking for something softer, less mm-hmm. hard, 
You know, it's the soft skills, the leadership skills, the people skills, the connection skills, the intuitive being able to read the room skills. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, how do you support your people to make that transition out of like really relying on their CV or relying on their resume, thinking that like they can sit on their laurels, essentially? Mm -hmm. Really, it doesn't work at the leadership level. There's stats that are out there that I can't find proof about. You'll see like on LinkedIn, people regurgitating a stat that, you know, 70 to 80 percent of the jobs are found through the hidden job market. I can't say that that's absolutely the right stat. But what I can say is the best jobs that are out there for you are tapped into through the hidden job market. And what that means is they're not hiding from you. They're just percolating. They're just happening. Oh, one of our teammates is leaving and they found another job or they're retiring or someone's going to go out on maternity leave. The tapping into the market is really, you know, the way to stay in touch with what is going on. But what back to your point of the soft skills, the soft skills are the hard skills. The soft skills are the leadership skills that we need to have to move the needle at any given organization. And so being able to infuse that into how you show up and explain your results and skills, that's the trick. Mm, Beautiful. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We got the little magic fairy dust there. Before the break, when we come back, we're going to let you know where you can find out more about Gina. But right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying this show, please consider joining our community, making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com and sharing with your lovely lady friends that might benefit from our content. Help a gal out and let your sisters, mothers, daughters, friends, and colleagues know about the show so we can serve them too. We are celebrating. We just won another award. We are now a 12X award-winning show. So we're pretty excited about that. And I'm so grateful to my guests and my team behind the scenes to make this show so stellar that we've now won 12 awards. I I also want to thank you, all of our listeners, because without you, we wouldn't be doing anything at all here. So thank you to our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing all over the world in 115 countries. We are welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads, and we want to shout out this week to our listeners in, let's get some of the new countries, Uzbekistan, Uruguay, and the Isle of Man. And we will be right back with Gina Riley. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by Women in Transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Gina Riley. If you are interested in finding out how to access the guide that she has there, her popular series, 
how your next executive role finds you, and additional dozens of career-related articles on her consulting website, you can go to GinaRileyConsulting.com. GinaRileyConsulting.com. We will have that for you in the show notes. So Gina, before we went to the break, we were talking about the magic dust, <laughs> which is the soft skills that that people really need to land the jobs that they really want. And you also talked a little bit about the hidden job market. I'm curious, though, because what you mentioned before we went to the break was, you know, we need to talk about their strengths, skills and values, leadership approach, and then this career thread. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to have you speak a little bit more about leadership approach. What do you mean by those words and how do you help your clients to make whatever adjustments they need to make in their leadership approach so that they are actually receiving the job of their dreams right now? Yeah, it's really about communicating the approach that they've already been bringing with them all along, because that's what they can authentically speak to right now while they're in the job search. And then, you know, there may be opportunities to grow those leadership skills as they move into the next role, which I can always advise and encourage on. I've chosen to use the adaptive leadership model. There's many leadership models out there. There's no right or wrong. For me, I chose adaptive leadership because it's very economical. There's six principles of adaptive leadership. And the premise is how does a leader lead during times of change and transition? And it it was such an appropriate model for me to kind of pull out and use as I built my program because we headed into a pandemic. And Mm -hmm. Pretty much every leader had to lead through change and transition. So what I'm doing very in a targeted way is extracting the language about how they approach challenges within the framework of this model. And then we debrief it and we start to thread together an overarching like synthesis, if you will, Hmm. of how they approach gathering information, you know, and we'll tie back to their strengths. Are they an analytical thinker or are they an information gatherer where they go and learn and do their own research or do they talk to people? We start to kind of identify what that approach is because when you get into the interview scenario, a lot of times leaders will forget to give that foundational approach. They jump right to the punchline. And in the meantime, the interview team is kind of thinking, okay, well, how did you get there? All right. So you have KPIs, but how do you gather that? How do you, how do you? measure success? How often are you doing it? Are you gathering information through hallway conversations and then coalescing and gathering people together? All of these things tell us about somebody's approach. Hmm. Right. So what style are you? What's your style? Yeah, exactly. And it's without putting them in a box. Like they don't show up in the interview and say, I'm an adaptive leader. That's not what we're doing. (laughs) What we're doing is we're helping them pull tease out language that will help them land better when they answer the questions that are posed to them. Right. So essentially you're preparing them to be able to communicate clearly in a way that will make the connection for the job that they're looking for. Exactly. Right. Okay, great. So I am now curious, Gina, because we have listeners all over the world who might be thinking also about starting their own business. They might be seeing a gap in their own industry. 
I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about your adventure into entrepreneurship and your self-leadership into entrepreneurship and maybe what you see, you know, if you're willing to out yourself, maybe what you see in your own leadership style where maybe if you were your own client, you might have a conversation with yourself. Oh boy, there's so many nuggets there. I'm going to start with this. Upon the shoulders of giants, I stand. Mm -hmm. None of us do this alone. I mean, a lot of people may feel a little alone and lonely, but you know, I have gotten where I am because of three pivotal people. One, my friend, Sherry Kitsowen, who owns Talents Group, who was encouraging of me and gave me that, you know, send off with creating this program and and all the insights from the experiences I have with that that company. My husband, who is the backbone of everything that I do, it's because of him I can go do what I need to do. And then I hired a business coach, Mary Henderson, who helped me like solidify my whole entire framework, helped me get a website up and going, a private LMS with video content. So all these building blocks that technically I did not know how to do. Hmm. So I would say, first of all, you got to double down on yourself. And the reason why I did that is I had a burning ache inside my body that I had something I thought was special and I couldn't birth the baby, if you will. I couldn't, I could, I had only gotten it so far and I knew there was so much more Mm. to be done. So my journey came from that burning desire, asking for help. Mm. You have to have humility along the way. Mm. You have to be willing to make mistakes. I heard a really interesting question posed in a a women's leadership group I was a part of in this past year. And one of them was a strengths finders coach. And I teach on, I also coach on strengths finder because it's part of UMAP. She asked this question. If you use your top five strengths on yourself, Mm -hmm. what would that look like? Because Mm -hmm. I'm using those strengths every day to help my clients. And when I started to reframe that on myself, I am finding myself even today being deficient. I mean, I have a lot of work to do on my own self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I think part of it is being self-reflective and honest too. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love it. Well, you know, what I heard there, which I want to reiterate for our listeners is we have to have an investment mindset. We have to have an investment mindset. And whether you are investing with someone like Gina to support you to land the job that you want so that you can communicate clearly in an interview or whether you are considering starting your own thing because you can see a gap somewhere or whether you have already started your own thing thinking, which I'll out myself on this, oh, I'm smart enough. You know, we we wickedly smart women have the tendency of saying, I'm smart enough to be able to figure this out. I should be able to figure this out, right? And the answer to that is you must stay in your zone of genius. I mean, it's trite. It's Everybody says it all the time. But what happens if you step out of it and start to try and do things that aren't yours to do, you literally erode your strengths. You literally are eroding your strengths. So thank you for that, Gina. And I want to also ask you about a couple of things, because a lot of times when people come from corporate into their own employment, Mm -hmm. they self-employment, they don't really understand the true value that they bring to the table and they don't really understand how to ask for money cleanly. So I'm curious if you Mm -hmm. had any of those challenges. They don't know how to price themselves properly. 
if you had any of those challenges and what are some of the things that you've done to support yourself through that? I find it especially with women. Yes, yes, yes. All of that. When when I first got started, I grossly undercharged and did a beta program and I learned a lot and the people knew they were getting a very good deal, but it was in exchange for testimonials mm-hmm. and them being open to being honest with me about mm-hmm. how they, then as I grew the program and adding and adding and feeling depleted, like my reserves got so depleted because I was giving so much of myself and the mm-hmm. value and struggling to keep up because I was just that one person, one man band, so to speak, one woman show. So I had to just over time, choke out the words of that next rate hike that I was doing and see how it would go. And then ultimately, really, right? And now I've gotten to a place when I I was at a resume writing conference a couple of weeks ago, and there was one of the sessions about like how to price yourself and how to be bold about it. And it was a lot of women in the room. And later, I I was sitting down having drinks with a couple of them and they said, so what do you charge? And when I told them they fell off their chair because they were talking about a third of the price with a lot of the suggestions they were making. So it, I've, it's taken a lot of work to get to a place where I'm like, I am worth this. Mm -hmm. I am not only worth it. I'm actually worth more. Let me ring my bell on that. (laughs) Riley, let me ring my bell. I am worth more. However, I'm comfortable with what I'm charging today, I can look people in the eye and say, this is what it is. And there's not usually discounts. There's not usually a reason to do it because everybody's career transition, it's the same process. Right, right. It's a lot of work. And I contract for so long that I just can't diminish my value. Totally. Well, ladies, you've heard the two big things that we do undercharge initially and then over deliver after we get out of undercharging. As soon as we add more money, we suddenly feel like we have to add more stuff. And I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to reflect right back to you also, Gina, that you can definitely give yourself a raise after today (laughs) and cut in half whatever you're delivering on top (laughs) of the raise, because that is the way that we actually get to the authentic value that we deliver. And What's fascinating is that I don't find that men necessarily have that much of a challenge with that as Mm -hmm. as we do as women. So in the last minute that we have, Gina, if there's somebody out there listening who that, you know, could use what you have to offer, I'd love to have you just speak directly to them and invite them to come to be working with you. Okay. It's so easy. If you go to GinaRileyConsulting.com at the top of the page is a green button. If you click that, you can get a free downloadable 30-minute webinar and a workbook. You might need to check your spam folder for it. And you can start making a career transition plan today because it basically walks you through my framework. First, why do you need a career transition plan? And then what could the plan look like? What is that framework? Mm -hmm. The people that are curious, ready to invest, those are the people that reach out and ask for a free strategy call. It's been an incredible way for me to give back to people without any strings attached. They don't have to pay for that. It's kind of like a mini coaching session for free, all in one. All right, beautiful. Well, I want to say thank you. Listeners, we do love feedback. We're at the end here of this episode. So we'd love to have you let us know what you thought of Gina and today's episode. 
Go right now to WeeklySmartWomen.com to join our community, share your takeaways, ask questions, or submit guest suggestions. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.